RadioInfluence.com. This is Beyond the Badge on Radio Influence. A look inside the biggest and most controversial news stories you need to know now. One of the country's most relied upon law enforcement analysts, Vincent Hill. America is great indeed. Imagine a country so free, one can throw glass on the streets. Hey, good evening and welcome to Beyond the Badge on my all-new night, Wednesday nights. I'm switching to Wednesday, that's right. And listen, what you just heard was some audio from Coming to America. And for those that are not old enough to remember, it's a movie from way back in 1988 uh, starring Eddie Murphy in Arsenio Hall where Eddie Murphy plays this African prince who comes to America to find his bride. And that scene so fitting for what I want to talk about tonight. You just heard him say, America is so great, you can throw your trash out on the street. And I'm talking nothing more than Jesse Smollett. Now, last, a couple of weeks ago, I talked about this case on this show, and I want to dive into it. For those that don't know what's going on with Jesse Smollett, or who he is for that matter, and I'll touch on that as well. He's an actor who plays uh, one of the key figures on Empire. It's a show on Fox that comes on, and he's a singer. Now, his character on the show, he's openly gay, and he's a singer. He's part of part of a musical family. And I guess, what's that saying? Uh, uh, whatever the saying is. Whatever. Anyway, um, so... He's openly gay, he's black, blah, blah, blah. So if you haven't heard, if you've been under a rock or not watching the news, back on January 29th, he claimed that he was attacked at 1.30, 1.45 in the morning in Chicago while he was walking to Subway. And the attackers were MAGA supporters who were screaming racist and homophobic tones to him at that time. Well, well, well. A couple of weeks ago, when I talked about it, I told you I felt this story was BS. And the only thing Chicago police had to go on at that time was this steel image from a surveillance camera, which captured two individuals walking down the street around 1.45 in the morning on the coldest day of the night in Chicago. Because if you remember, it was this polar vortex that was going around that entire region of the country. It was about 20 below zero that night so one of the things i always said was man so you were that hungry that you decided to go out at minus 20 degrees and you didn't have sandwich meat at the house or at least a bag of chips crackers nothing so all right cool so so chicago police they got these two individuals on the surveillance footage stills They were persons of interest at the time. Now, a couple of weeks ago, when I first talked about it right here on this show, and I think I'm the only person in the media that said, hey, those two individuals in the surveillance footage appear to be black. They appear to be black. Well, well, well. Did I call it or did I call it? Because, turns out, the two individuals in the surveillance footage were black, but not only black, they're brothers, but not only brothers, not like brothers just because it's a term of endearment in the black community. No, no, no. They're brothers. They came out of the same woman. They have the same mother and they're from Nigeria. 
Now, Smollett and his camp, his legal team, they've gone on record saying, I had nothing to do with this, but the investigation is leading towards that this whole thing was orchestrated and that Smollett was involved in the planning and execution of this alleged attack. Now, keep in mind, this alleged attack in a city where there's hundreds of cameras, there's no video surveillance footage of it anywhere. And just so happens where the alleged attack happened, the camera was facing the opposite side of the street. Really, only somebody that knows that camera pretty well that lives in the building, i.e. Smollett, would know which way that camera faced. So it's convenient, in my opinion, that it's not captured on surveillance footage. Now, again, he's saying he had nothing to do with it, but this is what it's looking out like. Uh, this is how it's looking so far in the investigation. Now, if you remember before this alleged attack, there was this letter that was delivered delivered to uh, Fox, where, where they filmed Empire in Chicago. Fox Studios up there. Not Fox News, Fox Studios. Um, and the letter was written like this big red magic marker, and then it had letters cut out of a magazine that said, Jesse Smollett, you're uh, F, F-A-G, and blah, blah, blah. And the there was a, a picture, stick figure of someone hanging from a tree with a noose and a gun pointed towards them. And the return address was MAGA, Make America Great. <laughs> so, of course, when Smollett took to the news, right after this letter was received with white powder, which happened to be crushed up aspirin, by the way, um... He took to the news. Yeah, I got this letter. They're talking MAGA, blah, blah, blah. A few days later, he's attacked. Now, to me, that was red flag number one. You get this letter from supposedly a Trump supporter because, you know, all Trump supporters are racist. They're homophobics and they're whites. Like they don't have Hispanic Trump supporters. They don't have black Trump supporters, Asians. They're just white they're old men. They're homophobic. That's what everybody assumes, especially on the left. And I'll tackle the left and their rhetoric here uh, as we go along. You get this letter, boom. A few days later, you're attacked. Hmm. Convenient, convenient, convenient. Then you take to the news, take to the airways, take to social media. And I was attacked. It's homophobe. Uh, why do you think you were attacked? Well, because I go hard on number 45. There's a lot of people that go hard on the president and the media. There's a lot of people that are bigger celebrities than Smullett who go hard on the president and the media. They're not getting hate letters made by a fifth grade wannabe Unabomber. Because if you've seen the letter, man, that looks like some kids work. They're not getting jumped in the street at 1.30 in the morning when it's minus 20 degrees and they just happen to know you're outside. That's not happening to anybody else. So why would it happen to you? Because the story never made sense. Now, I want to play a few clips of his audio, and I have to credit ABC News and Good Morning America because this is their audio, and legally that's what I have to do. I want to play some of his audio from his interview that he gave while Chicago police were still investigating this. And I want to break it down. And, man, if anybody 
if anybody believed this story from the beginning, A, without having evidence of it, and B, if you just stop and you listen and you think, okay, would I, on the coldest night of the year, decide, you know what, I'm going to walk the subway and get a salad, I think I'd have been able to find something in my apartment. I don't care if it was a bag of chips, some damn Tic Tacs, some Skittles. I don't care what it was. I would have found something in my apartment to make sure I didn't have to walk in minus 20 degree weather. But hey, let's hear from Smullett himself. I heard, as I was crossing the intersection, I heard Empire. I don't answer to Empire. <laughs> My name ain't Empire. <laughs> you, uh, you, you, you. And I didn't answer. I kept walking and then I heard Empire. So I turned around and I said, did you just say to me? I mean, I see the uh, attacker uh, masked. And he said, this MAGA country. <laughs> okay, so he's walking in the streets, Chicago. It's cold. Empire. I don't answer the empire. Well, of course you don't, because that's not your name. And what'd you say to me? This MAGA country. Now, like I said, originally, people were all over this story just because of one word. MAGA. Oh, my God. They said MAGA. It's got to be President Trump's fault. Oh, my God. It's got to be these racists. It's got to be these homophobics, these old white men that we always hear about in the media from the mainstream media left. It's got to be these old white men, right? Well, no, it was Akeem and Simi from Coming to America. It was the two Nigerian brothers who did this. So here's the problem I have. If that conversation went like he says it did, and if he was not involved in this, let's play devil's advocate and say, yeah, the conversation went just like that. He would have gone to police and said, well, they were saying empire and racist slurs and MAGA country, but they had really, really heavy Nigerian accents because I don't know if you've been around a Nigerian. They have really distinct and heavy accents. So maybe they were saying Nigeria, Nigeria, or Africa, Africa. And maybe he thought he heard MAGA because you listening to a Nigerian would know the difference between a Nigerian and get this, a white person. Now, let me take it a step further. Now, I don't know if you know the politics in Chicago and the demographics of Chicago, but that city, the city of Chicago, I would say it's probably 97% liberal. So you mean to tell me that the less than 3% who are conservatives in Chicago would single out, be able to track down Jesse Smollett, in the street and know who he is, know he's gay, know he plays on this show, happen to be walking by while he's going to Subway. No, he had already left Subway because he took his sub and his salad back in the house after he got jumped. But anyway, that's, that's a different story. And they, they find him and they do this and all in, in less than 60 seconds. Now, another red flag I, I noticed when I looked at the police report, there was not really a, a, sus, a suspect description. Now, he said on this Good morning, America. Well, it, you got to keep in mind in Chicago, people wearing ski masks wouldn't mean anything. But he did say, and you can't really tell from the audio, but he 
points towards his eyes and his nose and he's like but i but i but i saw this a body description and i you know because i saw this but and you know right here or whatever but i didn't see i can't tell you what color their eyes were I, I, I saw this, but I, I couldn't tell you what color the eyes were. Now, what he was doing in the Good Morning America interview, he took his hands and he placed them around his eyes. And he's like, I saw this. And he pointed towards his nose. But I really couldn't tell you an eye color or anything. Now, again, these guys were Nigerian. So how do we go from Nigerian to Caucasian? Because there's a huge difference between Nigerian and Caucasian. So we got Smullett, we got his legal team saying, uh, well, these brothers are lying because, oh, by the way, the two African or Nigerian guys have been arrested. Uh, they were cooperating with police. They were going to take it to the grand jury uh, yesterday, but a last minute phone call from Smullett's attorneys halted the grand jury. The brothers have not been charged, and the reason they haven't been charged, get this, is because I guarantee they're going to be state's witnesses against Smullett, because they would be looking at serious prison time, as is Smullett, if they didn't cooperate. So, again, if he wasn't involved, and I don't care what his legal team says, you see, oh, I well, I, I saw this, and I saw the bridge of his nose, but you couldn't tell he was a Nigerian dude. You couldn't tell that he kind of looked like you, just a little darker. You dang sure couldn't tell he was Caucasian. Now, I know it was cold on that particular night. And I know as African-American, as black people, sometimes if we don't put on like lotion, cocoa butter and stuff, and it gets really cold, we get a little ashy. But to say you were that ashy where you look like you were a Caucasian, no, no, sir. I'm not buying it. So then on this Good Morning America interview, this is the kicker to me. This had me laughing my butt off. Robin asked, well, they have persons of interest. Have you seen that video? And do you think that could be them? Uh, I'll let him tell you. The police have gone through a lot of video and they were able to capture an image of two people of interest. Have you seen that image, mm -hmm. and do you believe that they could possibly be the attackers? I do. What is it about their their size, or what? why do you feel that they could possibly be? Because I was there. For me, when that was released, I was like, okay, we're getting somewhere. I don't have any doubt in my mind that that's them. <laughs> Because I was there. I don't have any doubt in my mind that that's them. Well, of course you don't. Because now we're learning that you paid them $3,500 to help you orchestrate this attack, this homophobic racial attack against you. So, yes, when you saw the video, there was no doubt in your mind that that was them because you were saying, yeah, that's them because, man, I just gave them $3,500. Oh, and by the way, the other guy was extra on my show. And by the way, the other guy, he's my personal trainer. And I wouldn't be surprised if there's some other parts of a relationship going on that we don't know about. But that's neither here nor there to each his, to each his own, as, as they say, re regarding whatever sexual preference you have. I don't care. What I do care about is you got on national TV, you got on social media at a time where 
Because of the mainstream media who took to your side, the country's already racially divided, politically divided, and you got on those platforms and you told a bold-faced lie. And you talked about how the administration is so divisive in this country, but yet you added gasoline to the burning fire. You blame the administration for being racist because they used the term Make America Great Again, which, since you're a little bit younger than me, Smollett, let me school you on something, that in 1991, there was a white guy by the name of, you may have heard of him, Bill Clinton, who used, during his presidential campaign, in a speech, I believe we can make America great again. Now, this is the same white Bill Clinton who went on to become president and who went on to sign a bill that led to the mass incarceration of black people relate uh, related to drug charges and people are still feeling the effects of that that are serving life sentences based on that bill by the white man bill clinton who used the term we can make america great again but we have a president as you refer to him 45 who signed the first step the fresh start start act which is actually freeing people from prison that have been incarcerated because of Bill Clinton's crime bill. But yeah, yeah, that's right. You go hard on 45 in his administration because they're racist. Oh yeah, and speaking of 45, he actually, before we all found out, well, I knew and anybody with any half a brain knew this was a lie, 45, as you refer to him, actually spoke out in your defense. Why do you think you were targeted? I can just assume, I mean, I come really, really hard against 45. I come really, really hard against his administration. And I don't hold my tongue. I don't want to ask you about Jesse Smollett. I think that's horrible. Uh, Wow. I come really, really hard against 45. I come really, really hard against his administration. But the guy you come really, really hard about, wow, went on national TV. He didn't come out and make a tweet about homosexuality because you paint him as this homophobe. He didn't come out and make a tweet about, yeah, black people should have ropes around their necks and bleach thrown on them, which would have froze because it was 20 below zero. But anyway... No, he didn't do anything like that because, you know, that's what you say. He and his administration are racist, they're homophobic. He actually said, wow, I think it's horrible. Huh. Imagine that. But the kicker, the kicker to all of this, this this is me talking. The, 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 The problem here is, well, it's not a problem. Well, it will be a problem when he goes to prison because... I don't care if you're a celebrity or not. Quite frankly, not that good of an actor and you sound like a sheep when you sing, in my opinion. And part of this was not only are we learning now he's upset that the letter didn't get as much attention, which is why they staged this attack. Quite frankly, you had a concert out in California just a few days after this alleged attack. But a few days before this alleged attack, you were having problems with ticket sales. All of a sudden, you're attacked by racist, homophobic Trump supporters, and you're going to the most liberal state in the union, now all of a sudden your ticket sales skyrocket and you sell out the concert and then (laughs) 
<laughs> you go on stage and say, I fought them motherfuckers back. I'm the gay Tupac. Really? Really? Here's what it really boils down to. Smollett didn't think this story would get caught. He didn't think police would be able to track down the two guys because it's just two random guys with coats walking down the street. He didn't didn't think that those two guys would cooperate with police if they were caught. Truth be told, he never thought that anybody would find out that this was, excuse my French, some bullshit. He was banking on the fact that it would only be three people involved, and if he paid them, they would keep their mouths shut. But what he underestimated was, first of all, and even though Chicago police never went on record and said this, and they would do media and say, oh, he's a victim, we're treating this as a crime, yada, yada, yada. I assure you, those investigators were like, man, this is some crap. This is some crap. Because I assure you, when they were watching that video surveillance, and they were like, well, wait a minute, where's everybody else out at 1.30 in the morning in Chicago when it's minus 20 degrees? They were saying, man, this investigation is some bull crap. So I bet the $3,500 that Smollett paid these guys, and dang, you figure if you're, you're on a hit TV show, you got an album out, you'd probably be able to pay me more than 3500 freaking dollars for that because, man, I can go make $3,500 <laughs> working at Subway. <laughs> Maybe he could be the new spokesman for Subway since the other one's in prison for child pornography. But in all seriousness, he didn't think they would get caught. He thought he'd be able to run this out and run it dry, and then he'd probably go on this campaign He'd probably get a book deal. He'd probably get his own spinoff show. All of this crap that he had in mind because he just thought this plan was solid. But don't let me tell you. Let me have you listen to him. I was talking to a friend and I said, I just want them to find them. And she said, I'm just being so angry because so I'm just going to be left here with this. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm just going to be left here with, with like, so they get to go free. <laughs> so I'm going to be left here. <laughs> they get to go free. <laughs> yeah, they get to go free because they rolled on your dumb ass, stupid. So you're in there. <laughs> I, 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 hope, I hope they get caught. <laughs> no, you were banking on the fact that they wouldn't get caught because the three of you, whether it was at your apartment, at the subway, at the store where they bought the rope, in the elevator, because there's a report from a neighbor that they spotted the three of them in the elevator just before this alleged attack, wherever it happened, the three of you conspired to do this. And now <laughs> they're just going to go free. And I got to live with this. Yeah, you got to live with it because they have already rolled on you. They are going to testify before the grand jury. They are going to get a sweetheart deal because they have probably already signed a proffer agreement, which will grant them immunity for their truthful statements. And they really don't need to give too many statements because all the evidence suggests that this was orchestrated. 
So yes, <laughs> they will go free. And you could face Smollett. You can face up to three years in prison. A $25,000 fine. Maybe if you would have paid them the $25,000 versus the $3,500, maybe, just maybe, just maybe, we wouldn't be here. Or maybe if you were willing to fork out $25,000, you would have come up with a better plan. But the fact that you said two white guys who sent me a letter a week before, tracked me down, knew exactly where I lived, knew that I was going to Subway at 1.30 in the morning, just happened to be right around the corner waiting for me. That is just so unbelievable. And then you go to the air and say, well, if it was such, wait, no, no, let me have him tell you. My issue, it feels like if I had said it was a Muslim or Mexican or someone black, I feel like the doubters would have supported me a lot much more. Well, I'm going to take the Muslim and the Mexican part out. But if you would have said that the attackers were black, you might be right. People would have supported you more because let's not forget, you live in the city of Chicago where black on black crime is rampant. So, yeah, you might be right that if you would have said the attackers were black, people would have bought into the story, but not this racist, homophobic attack at 1.30 in the morning when they just happen to be where you are at the exact same time. Now, if you would have said the attackers were black, they pulled a gun on me and they were like, what's up, blood? What's up, vice lord? You're absolutely right. Your story would have been <laughs> way more believable than the two Nigerians who were able to hide their Nigerian accent so well. I'm telling you, I think they were singing Africa, Africa, and you just heard MAGA, MAGA, because if that conversation happened like you said it did during this altercation, you would have known that they were not Caucasian, racist, homophobic individuals. So I punched his ass back, and then um, we started tussling. You know, it was very icy, and we ended up tussling by the stairs. Uh, fighting, fighting, fighting. There was a second person involved who was kicking me in my back. And uh, then it just stopped. <laughs> then it just stopped. Now, listen, I don't know if you've ever seen the results of a hate crime. It usually just doesn't stop this fast. Now, Smollett says, oh, it was only about 30 seconds, but it took, it felt like minutes. It felt like several minutes. Have you ever seen a hate crime, a true hate crime, whether it gay bashing, racial bashing, whatever, it ain't going to just stop. They're going to make sure you know that you're beaten probably within an inch of your life. And if you saw the little picture he posted on his social media with the little scratch on his face. When I saw that, I was like, nah, nah. As the kids say, nah, bruh. Um, you get one little scratch above your eye during this attack where there was a rope put around your neck. And speaking of the rope, let's hear how he discovered the rope. My manager was still on the phone. So I picked up the phone and I said, Brandon, and he's like, what's going on? And I said, I was just jumped. And I then I looked down and I see that there's a rope around my neck. Wait a minute. 
you, I could have sworn you said he punched me in the face. So I punched him back and we were tussling, tussling. And the other guy kicked me in the back and then it just stopped. Whoa, 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 hold on. Let me listen to it again. Punches me right in the face. So I punched his ass back. And then um, we started tussling. You know, it was very icy. And we ended mm-hmm. up tussling by the stairs. Mm-hmm. Uh, fighting, fighting, fighting. There was a mm-hmm. second person involved mm-hmm. who was kicking me in my back. All right. And uh, then it just stopped. It just stopped. Right. And- so it just stopped. He says, this MAGA country in punched me in the face. So I'm the gay Tupac. So I punched him back. And it's very icy. And we're tussling, tussling, tussling. And the second guy was kicking me in my back. And then it just stopped. But then when I called my manager, I looked down and there's a rope around my neck. I looked down and there's a rope around my neck. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, but the purpose of a noose is to be tight around the neck. And you usually pull it from the back to strangle someone out, to hang them or do whatever you're going to do with it. So in the midst of this 30 seconds, you got, bam, punched me in the face. We're tussling. It's real icy. So I assume he's saying it's icy and they were both busting their ass on this ice because it was really icy that night because it was 20 below and they just got hit with this huge snowstorm. So I'm sure there was some ice in there. We're tussling, we're tussling, we're tussling. The other guy's kicking me in my back. So there must have been a third guy that we just don't know about yet who put the rope around his neck because in these 30 seconds if you got one guy punching him and tussling with him and slipping on the ice and you got the other guy kicking him who probably would have slipped on the ice as well who put the rope around his neck oh (laughs) that's right it was either Akeem or Simi from coming to America because police tracked down the rope and the receipt to the hardware store that the two Nigerian brothers brought to the crime scene or to this staged attack. I won't even say a crime scene because there was no crime. Well, let me rephrase that. There was a crime. The crime was you filed a false police report. The crime was you sent that letter via the mail, which is a federal offense called mail fraud. So not only are you looking at just the three years for, you know, the filing of the false police report, when you look at federal time for mail fraud, it can become very serious. So, yeah, there were a few crimes that were committed here. But the one crime that nobody ever believed was that you were attacked by some white, racist, homophobe Trump supporters. That was the biggest crock, the biggest crock of crap I heard, the biggest crock of poo-poo, horse manure, monkey crap. When I heard this story, I didn't buy it. I took a lot of heat for it when I would talk to people personally about it. And they were like, oh, there you go, because you're a conservative and you support Trump. And anybody that says anything against them, you're not going to believe. Listen, I believe in facts. The fact is, the story never made sense. Oh, but wait, now, don't forget, I did say I was going to attack the left. Now, there's this woman, again, you may have heard of her, Kamala Harris. She's running for president, and she took the Twitter immediately after this reported racist homophobe attack. And this is a modern-day lynching. And now that the evidence is out, 
uh, 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 uh. But you know what? I'll let you hear it from her. Which tweet? What tweet? Uh, the, about uh, saying that it is a modern day lynching that, um, uh, 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 sorry, <laughs> Jesse Smollett. Um, okay, so I would say this about that case. I think that the facts are still unfolding. and um, The facts I'm were very, unfolding from um, the beginning. Concerned about, obviously... Uh, uh, the facts are, are are still unfolding. Well, you didn't have any facts when you took to Twitter to say, oh, it's a modern day lynching because, oh, yeah, you want to be the first black woman president. So, of course, you're going to use this to try to get Trump out of office because it was one of Trump's supporters who did this to Jesse Smollett. And now when you're confronted by a reporter and you're with your staff and all you can do is smile and <laughs> look around to to try to figure out an escape route of how not to answer this question now all of a sudden well uh, the, the 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 investigation is unfolding <laughs> well if you had any sense you would have known from the start that there was no investigation of an attack that there was an investigation of a made-up, cocky mamie story, but you wanted to push your political agenda, and now it's smacking you right in the face. Hey, listen, I can go on and on and on and on about this Jesse Smollett case, but I'm not going to do it because when this goes to court, we'll see where it goes. And just remember, just remember, even when the mainstream media wasn't talking out about this you heard it here on beyond the badge and go back to my previous episode where i talked about this and listen to where i said hey the people in that video they look black man did i call it or did i call it all right on that note it's time to get out of here but before i go of course i have to do my 10 7 segment this is the segment where i honor a fallen officer and i i was in new york yesterday like i said uh, doing Fox and Friends and some other stuff. And I was talking to one of the uh, guys that was on the panel with me, and we were talking about Detective Brian Simonson, who was shot and killed on February 12th, uh, 2019, this past week. This is a very sad case because uh, they were going out to protect and serve, and he was actually shot and killed by friendly fire. Detective Brian Simonson was shot and killed while responding to a robbery at a cell phone store at the intersection of Atlantic Avenue and 121st Street in the Richmond Hills section of the city. Detective Simonson and his sergeant were canvassing on an unrelated case when they heard a call for a robbery in progress. They responded to the store where they encountered a subject and attempted to apprehend him. As patrol officers responded to the scene, both detectives, who were in plain clothes, were struck by friendly fire as the suspect pointed what was later determined to be a fake gun at responding officers. Detective Simonson succumbed to his wounds. His sergeant was transported to a local hospital with injuries. The suspect was also shot and wounded. Simonson had served with the City of New York Police Department for 19 years and was assigned to the 102nd Detective Squad. I want to thank him for 19 years of service to the City of New York uh, for protecting the citizens of New York for 19 years. 
my thoughts and prayers out to the entire NYPD, especially those involved in this horrific, horrific shooting. Uh, you know, the, the, the threat of crossfire is always there. We train for it. We prepare for it. But sometimes there's nothing you can do to prevent it. And here's a prime example of that. So Detective Brian Simonson, uh, Godspeed to you, sir. Godspeed to your family. My prayers to you, your family and the entire New York Police Department. All right, I'm out of here. I'll see you same time, same place next week, Wednesday, right here at RadioInfluence.com. Good night. To continue the conversation, get updates on the show, and to find out when you can see him on television, follow Vincent on Twitter, at Vincent Hill TV. That's at Vincent Hill TV. This has been Beyond the Badge on Radio Influence. This is a dark delight with Frank and Bean's quick fix on Radio Influence. You know, they're basically challenging him on whether or not there's a crisis at the border at all. All he should say is one death at the border is too many. That's a crisis for me. That's it. Shut it down. One death at the border is too many. When we have we have gunfights at the border, it's too many. You, you know, you know what what is I don't get. You know, here's the thing for me. You would think that these imbeciles in the in the so-called press who are twisting themselves into pretzels in order to downplay what is happening at the border in, in a number of ways. Forget about the you know it's not even just drugs and and gun running. M- m- many of the time, it's uh, it's being done with the help of our own government, but. There's also just the the, the humanitarian side of this. Why the hell do people in this country who who pretend to be so overcome with grief for minors and people who are coming uh, great distances on foot and suffering atrocities along the way? Why are they? concern more so about making sure there is aid for these people once they get here than it is to make sure that these people are dissuaded from coming and sustaining the abuse to get here. You know, listen, here, here's the deal. That bill, that disgusting monstrosity of 1100 whatever pages it was, basically encourages human trafficking. It's a bill that is, is just completely lawless and encourages criminal activity. And this is what the Democrats stand for. This is what the Democrats stand for. They stand for a weak border, illegal immigration, human trafficking, the killing of babies, drug running. Let's stand one of the angel, the poor angel moms. And yeah, no, they want to be there. Those angel moms want to be there. They're not props. Trust me, they want to be standing there because their kid was killed because these idiots on Capitol Hill that have a D next to their names think that it's all a big joke and they're just going to bring in a whole new crop of voters and continue to make money off of the illegal drugs that come over the freaking border and, and, the, and, the, and the trafficking and everything else. It's disgusting to me. I can't get my head. How do you support that? How do you stand there with a straight face and support that shit? Excuse my French. Dark to Light with Frank and Beans can be found on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, Google Play, and RadioInfluence.com.